Senior White House staffers are under fire for using a private email server. And Australia worries about foreign hack attacks. These stories and more coming up in the ISMG Security Report. Hello, I'm Matthew Schwartz. Senior administration staff at the White House have been catching flack over their use of a private email server on both cybersecurity and transparency grounds. Newsweek reports that some of U.S. President Donald Trump's senior advisors, including Steve Bannon, Jared Kushner, and Kellyanne Conway, had accounts on a Republican National Committee email server tied to the rnc.org domain. In an update, however, Newsweek reports that the RNC has deleted the three advisors' emails. It's an odd turn of events, since Trump, during his presidential campaign, regularly criticized his Democratic nominee rival, Hillary Clinton, for using a private email server while she served as Secretary of State. Clinton was dogged by controversy in relation to the deletion of 30,000 emails from that private server. But it's also an unfortunate reminder of the 22 million emails that went missing during the two terms of George W. Bush's presidency. A number of Bush's top advisors, including Karl Rove, used the rnchq.org private email server almost exclusively in the time leading up to the Iraq war, as well as surrounding the firing of seven U.S. attorneys. Ultimately, a bipartisan Senate panel held two White House advisors, including Rove, in contempt of Congress for having deleted those emails. Background aside, what's the risk? One risk is transparency. White House staffers who use private email to conduct official business must ensure they comply with the 2014 law. It's called Disclosure Requirement for Official Business Conducted Using Electronic Messaging Accounts, and it was put into place after the episode with the missing Bush emails. Under the law, White House staffers who conduct official business using unofficial email systems, and of course there could be valid reasons for this happening, must forward these communications to their official White House email address so that the communications get automatically archived, thus complying with the Presidential Records Act. Failure to comply with the law can result in a staffer being suspended, having their pay reduced, or being fired. But another big risk surrounding the use of private email is cybersecurity. It's unlikely that a private email server would be as secure as what the White House IT team provides. That would include strong security, monitoring, and ensuring remote access only via approved, hardened devices. Anything less is a liability. The Democratic National Committee discovered the perils of poor email security in 2016. According to a U.S. intelligence community assessment, a Russian government campaign accessed private DNC email accounts, leaked documents it found, and passed more than 19,000 stolen emails to WikiLeaks. Those emails were released just ahead of the Democratic National Convention, throwing the party into turmoil. Some officials who have been briefed on the related investigation say the RNC was likewise targeted, but that any stolen data has yet to be released. Of course, any purloined material could potentially be used for attempted blackmail or leverage by a foreign power at some point in the future. With those types of risks in mind, there are clear reasons for White House staffers to avoid using private email systems whenever possible. Worries over Russian interference in domestic politics aren't confined to the United States. An EU task force has warned that Russia is also attempting to interfere in French, Dutch, and German elections. And Australia has similar concerns. ISMG's Jeremy Kirk reports. With the apparent success of a cyber espionage campaign against the U.S., could Russia turn its sights on Australia? The country feels it's a tangible threat. 
Next month, it is planning to brief the country's political parties on cybersecurity threats, a move fueled by worries its electoral processes could be targeted by a foreign power. Prime Minister Malcolm Turnbull says that Australia must ensure its critical infrastructure is safe from cyber attacks. He cited the U.S. intelligence community's belief that Russia mounted a campaign intended to disrupt the recent presidential election. This is the new frontier of warfare. It's the new frontier of espionage. It's the new frontier of many threats to Australian families, to governments, to businesses. U.S. intelligence believes Russian President Vladimir Putin directed a cyber espionage campaign that sought to sow distrust in the U.S. electoral system. It stopped short, though, of concluding that the operation necessarily swung the election to now President Donald Trump. Australia has seen its own fair share of hacking activity. In 2015, two computers at the Bureau of Meteorology were compromised. It was widely suspected but not officially confirmed that China may have been involved. On the Bureau's network, the Australian Signals Directorate found a remote access tool had been installed along with password dumping tools. The ASD concluded that all passwords had been compromised. Also, an Australian satellite company, NewSat, was compromised by China-based hackers for as long as two years. The ABC reported last year that the company had to rebuild its entire network in secret. Last April, the government launched a comprehensive cybersecurity strategy that intends to raise awareness and strengthen defenses across government and business. It pledged to spend $230 million over the next four years on a range of initiatives, including building a homegrown cybersecurity industry. The briefings for the political parties will be held in Canberra and will be overseen by the ASD. Turnbull says that many weaknesses result from the actions of users. A lot of the vulnerabilities, as you will have seen, because people do not follow good cyber practice. They open attachments from sources they're not familiar with, they're not sufficiently are careful in the way they manage their passwords. They don't, for example, uh, use two-factor authentication with cloud-based applications. Although it's unfortunate for the U.S., the suspected Russian cyber espionage is already giving lessons to other countries, which is a good thing. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Jeremy Kirk. You're listening to the ISMG Security Report on ISMG Radio. ISMG, your number one source for information security news. Organizations are being targeted by attackers more than ever before. The goal might be to gain information for the purpose of perpetrating fraud, for example, against banks. Other attacks, meanwhile, might have an espionage or political impetus, as was seen in the compromise of DNC email accounts. Such attacks remain ongoing. So, what's the appetite now for making investments in better security defenses? Well, in general, the security market's growing about 7% compound annual growth over the next five years. That's a reasonable growth rate. That's Aviva Leighton, VP and Distinguished Analyst at Gartner Research. She says while endpoint security is hot, the new markets for endpoint detection and response, or EDR, as well as cloud security, are growing at a phenomenal pace, nearly three times more, or a 22 to 23% compound annual growth rate. So the appetite for these new solutions is very strong because the environment's changing and they need to spend the money just to keep up. So in the case of cloud security, as you know, lots of applications are moving to the cloud. Lots of users are using their own mobile devices to get to those applications. So there's tremendous demand for visibility and access controls. Uh, into employee and other people's use of cloud applications. Leighton says the same thing is true with the EDR market. 
They've spent a lot of money on protection. It hasn't worked. They have no choice. They're getting attacked. The attacks are increasing at a very strong rate. I don't have any numbers around it. Clients I talk to say that they're increasing substantially. Banks are saying that. So they have to invest in detection because the prevention is not working. So they have to assume the attacks are getting in and catch it before it does too much damage. So I'd say the appetite for certain segments of the security market is very healthy. And for the overall security market, 7% compound growth rates is not that little. You know, I think it's commensurate with what's needed. To hear the complete interview with Aviva, visit ISMG's websites. Finally, a hacker called Wachula Ghost, who's previously taken on Twitter accounts used by the terrorist group ISIS, has called on President Trump to improve his Twitter security. In particular, the hacker was able to access a partially redacted list of email addresses and phone numbers tied to Twitter accounts used by Trump and senior administration officials. After the hacker guessed the email address used to register the Twitter account. Security experts say such details can leave individuals at risk from phishing attacks and account takeovers, which in the case of Trump's account could be used to create panic. Thankfully, there's an easy fix for Twitter's leaky password reset feature. It is a Twitter setting that requires users to share personal information to reset their account, and which won't display any partially redacted personal information. That's the ISMG Security Report. Our theme is by Ithaca Audio. I'm Matthew Schwartz. Catch you next time.